Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Watch. Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Wow, Charity, that was an awesome, awesome recording that was left to us there. Wasn't it? Wasn't it great? So great. Oh, wait a minute. There wasn't one. That's right, because people forgot they can call 603-212-4600. Can you say that one more time really slow? 603-212-4600, and you could hear yourself right before we start the episode every single week. Yeah, and it's it's going to be there forever. And ever. So you can just like go back and listen to yourself whenever you want also, to. Also, your five-star review could also be on Apple Podcasts forever, too. You forever. just search out Case Watch True Crime Podcast, click five stars, and there you go. Your you review could just, is there for infinity and beyond. You could just put best podcast ever, E-V-A-H, if you'd like. Leave the five stars, though. Leave the five stars. Let's Please. jump right in. So, wow, we, we had, right we had, yeah, we did. We jumped right in head first. Head first. That's what she said. I didn't hit that enough last episode. No, you. I think you only did it once. Maybe one. Time. I don't even know. Did a lot of cats meows, but one of those. Wow. We've had a couple people giving feedback on Case Watch Court last week, so I'm just going to tell you a couple great. of them that were given to me. I agree. Ring out the sponge. That's Unless you're washing dishes with it, then cut some slack. Did hear back from her. She said that she does all the dishes. Okay, then then ring it out, dude. So what's he using it for? Where I don't is he know. using? All right, we need even more information now. Where is he using the said sponge? I hope it's not on his body because that's gross. In the kitchen sponge, though? Although, I don't back in know. The day, I'll be honest. Back in the day when I used to work on stuff a lot more, like I would totally bring car parts in and clean them off in the sink. Oh, that happens at my house all the time. That's right. You, you have a house full of boys. Yeah. Another one I got here that just says, dude, just let her complain. <laughs> right? That That's on the one where... You know, she just wants to to yell. Yeah, just let her do. Like, I'm sure she listens to you too, right? I mean, and eh, probably not. Yeah. She might pretend to. No, no. So, if you're talking about me personally, no, Kristen ain't got time for that. <laughs> I love Kristen. We have another opinion of what you could do with the Netflix cheater. Oh, what's that? What's that? Basically. You need to figure out what the next series you're going to watch is and pre-watch it and then make guesses the entire series of things you think that are going to happen. Oh, I like that. You flip the script right there. Yep. I like that. That's good. That's a little bit sneaky, but I like it. And then the final one was a personal one where Kristen said to me, did you write that about the shower and put that in about me? Oh. <laughs> I was like, 
Negative. That was a real creep speak. Oh. Oh, that was a no real case watch court. Meow. Sorry. Meow. Yeah, and I hit the wrong one there too. So that's all right. There we go. Ooh, so that's he's it. All those out are of your updates. I am out of sorts. Oh, he just crumpled that up. Did you hear? Oh, oh okay. It's gone. All right, what do we got today? Do you know what I have some of? You have a laptop in front of you. I don't know. I have some more weird medical procedures from the past. I like these. I like them too. They're they're a little disturbing, but I enjoy them. Okay, here we go. I'm going to jump right in. Jump in. These, these make me happy. In the late 19th century through the early 20th century, smoking nicotine cigarettes was not only extremely fashionable. Everyone was doing it. Smoking was also believed to cure a multitude of ailments. Ailments such as hay fever, bad breath. Oh, yeah, that must help bad breath. Mm-hmm. Anything related to uh, the throat, a head cold. Oh, see, I should have just been popping some cigs. Some I miss ciggies. smoking cigarettes. I used to smoke two packs a day back in the day. Did you have any head colds? I didn't have any sense of anything, any See? smell, See? anything. My head cold would be gone already if I had just been smoking the ciggies. Right. There you go. Um, a canker sore, bronchitis, and the most common ailment that smoking could cure back then, asthma. Yes. How yes. much more ridiculous could that be? Yeah, nothing Nothing says, you know, an asthma cure like a nicotine death stick. Right? I just, the, the, I mean, just think of how much we've learned over the years. That's I crazy. I nicotine death stick, but still miss smoking cigarettes every single day. Do you know what's funny? What's that? So my dad is going to be turning 79 on the 10th of this month. Yeah. And he is a young 79. He's very active. And he was a super heavy smoker when he was a teenager into his early 20s. Um, and they were no filters back then. Okay. No. And his father actually passed from lung cancer. And my mother put the iron fist down before they got married and said, I'm not marrying you unless you quit. You want some of this. You got to give up that. So he quit, right? Charity moved on quickly from that one. Yeah. No, we don't talk about it. (laughs) Anyways, um, I just think I licked the microphone. That was weird. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, microphone, if I offended you. Anyways, he says to this day... So he was 23 when he quit smoking and he's going to be 79 to this day. If he gets a fresh coffee and he smells a fresh cigarette, he, he remembers it and, and gets that little tinge of missing it. And he hasn't smoked all these years. So I can understand why you, that still is a thing for you. Your body just remembers it. Yeah. That's like Kristen doesn't smoke anymore, but when she drinks, she does, yeah. She smokes. Yep. Be like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm heading outside to smoke a cigarette. I'm like, okay. No, what I just thought of when I, I just licked the microphone, that just grossed me out. That you didn't ask its permission? That, but also, guys, one time I thought I was being funny, and I asked Mart, Mark, Mart, <laughs> it's like you're, <laughs> it's like you're a, a, a variety Mart, sorry, Mark, I asked Mark if, um, what what he thought it would sound like if someone tooted into the microphone if it would be a good sound because off camera me and Mark think it's oh yes I remember but me and Mark think it's wicked funny to belch into the microphones for each other yes anyways so he says right like didn't even miss a beat he goes oh my god it sounds awesome and he's like I just did it into yours before you got here (laughs) 
Remember that mark? I do remember that. Yeah. So for a quick moment, I thought that my lips were almost touching a microphone that Mark tuned into, but he really didn't tune into it. So anyways, sorry for the side note. Yeah, that's guys. I have the fingers going. I didn't tune You into better that not into my microphone. I don't care what you do into yours, but mine, uh. no, especially since my lips touch it sometimes. Okay, anyways. That's so funny. On we go. <laughs> also used to treat asthma back in the day was meth. Whoa. Yeah. Meth was used for many things. Most commonly, you would use meth to keep yourself from becoming obese. Oh, I could definitely use that then. Mark, please don't oh. start to, please don't start using meth. I'm on a new weight loss program. Oh, what is it? Is it P90X? Is it is it Powerball? <laughs> it's like, meth. That's meth. It's meth. Wait, what? No, meth. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Oh, Mark, you're really, really, really gonna like this one. Between the years. 1890 and 1920, doctors believed that electrical therapies could heal heal all sorts of ailments. Oh, yeah. After all, the electric currents could shock non-working parts of the body back into action. As we know, electroshock therapy was even used to shock the brain into working properly again. It doesn't really work. Um, do you want to take a guess on what else electric th- electrical therapy was used to correct, Mark? I can just imagine... I mean, impotence, of course. Let me hook this up to my junk. <laughs> they would shock the pee-pee, hoping to give it life so it would start doing its job properly once again. Oh, my God. I don't have a pee-pee, but does, that must make you want to jump out of your seat. Yeah, it's kind of like that when you hear about somebody getting kicked in the, the nards. Like, every guy goes, ooh. Or well, lately we've heard of pee-pees being... I, my favorite thing is how you say it's been decapitated. Like... <laughs> That episode where you said it was cut off and yeah. cooked, I still hits me in in the in pee-pee. the ouchie. Yeah. yeah, I still think of that one. Especially, I mean, they tried to eat it. And the poor, and they it didn't went even to waste. It, I know. I don't. I mean, I don't think I'd feel any differently if they actually ate it. But I would feel better about the waste. Right. It's like well, they, they cut it off and cooked it, and it just shriveled up, and then the dog got to eat it though. No pee pee for them. Oh, God. All right. I'm all yeah. severely grossed out okay. over here now. Let's move on. Let's move on, please. Um, would you like to know how the ancient Greeks removed bladder stones? Oh, this sounds like it could get interesting. This is a good one. A procedure called lithotomy was performed. This entailed having a patient lay on their back with their feet apart. A blade was then passed into the bladder through the perineum. Ooh. I enjoy referring to this area as the taint. Yes. You know the spot between your no-no spot and your butthole? Yeah, the landfill. Yeah. Ew! Oh, God. <laughs> what? Is, I'm not, do not elaborate on that. What the do you landfill mean? is the spot between the playground and the uh, sewer. Oh, okay. The okay. landfill. Okay. I thought you were going to... Never mind. Think about that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it sounds super painful. And if no stones were retrieved, the next course of action would be for the surgeon to place their fingers... Or a medical instrument into the patient's bum hole to try and retrieve them. They know that's not connected, right? Shockingly, the mortality rate of this procedure was 50-50. Maybe you'd live. Maybe you'd die. It's a crapshoot. Get it? It's a crapshoot. Sure got that one. (laughs) I've never actually had one of those stones. A kidney stone? Yeah, I don't feel like I've missed out. No, I haven't either. Uh, they're very painful from what Lord. I understand. Yeah. Very, very. And it's weird because when they finally, when you finally pass them, like I've heard people tell, say they're literally like the size of a pebble, but they cause so much 
such havoc inside your body. So much oh, pain. Imagine what imagine where you're passing that through and you tell yeah. me a pebble wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I know. Man, that that's making my my body quiver. Oh. I can't see him, guys, so I don't know if he's quivering. Anyways. Yeah, I'm not moving the monitor. Now I like not being able to see. Charity. No, I. Ah, she just peeked around the I monitor. I did. Okay. In the 1800s through the early 1900s, we know that doctors used a form of shock therapy to help patients with mental disorders. Um, it was mostly electroshock therapy, like we just talked about. Yeah. But in this case, it did not involve electricity. Hospitals used hydrotherapy. Or the quote-unquote water cure. The patient would be held underwater until they became unconscious. They would also dunk patients underwater until they lost consciousness as well. This doesn't sound fun. If the patient was able to be resuscitated, they would be considered cured of any mental issues. I wonder how many people died during this scary procedure. I'm going to say a lot. Right? That's nuts. The stuff that we used to do back in the day. I know. Oh, this one is my last one. And it's fantabulous. Is it a doozy? It's really good. I'm excited. It just shows how stupid people were back in the day. (laughs) Doctors in the 19th century figured out what would cure hysteria in women. This term was simply used to describe any female disease. Like, couldn't they come up with a better word? No, that's pretty pretty spot on. No, no. No, it is not. (laughs) Hysteria was said to cause. It was a good album. Wait, this is best. This is awesome. Hysteria was said to cause irritability, lack of sex drive. Describing every woman I know. God forbid they just weren't attracted to their significant other. Anxiety, insomnia, fainting and bloating. It just sounds like PMS. Like, leave these girls alone. Your Honor, she suffers from hysteria. <laughs> sorry about that. She's not really sorry, guys. I am. Anyways, Mark, almost all women have had one of these symptoms. Yes. And some men. I have you tell. ever felt bloated, Mark, or irritable? Every day of my life. Or both at the same time? That's usually Tuesdays. So you have hysteria. I'm hysteria positive. <laughs> Oh my God, is there a test for that? I'm not denying. I am like the one of the biggest biatches when I get sick. Oh, 100%. I'm horrible. Wow. Um, guess what the treatment for any of these symptoms would be? Uh, boy, I don't know. Back in this time period, is this going to holding you underwater? Oh no. You got a pelvic massage. Now I, I'm not sure if this is good or bad. Oh, it's good. Describe a massage. This to me. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen. On sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. That would cause hysterical paroxysm, paroxysm or simply said, in orgasm. Gotcha. All right. Victorian doctors did this by hand. But it was quite a lot of work. 
This doesn't sound like real medical treatments. <laughs> so something had to be done to help Mark because it was a lot of work. Their hands got tired from causing hysterical paroxysm. Just doing my job. One hysteric uh, treatment at a time. Yeah. Yeah. He's helping with the bloating and the such. Sweetheart, you wouldn't understand all the work I had. I oh, had my to, God. I had to cause my nine orgasms so, today. They didn't call it orgasms, Mark, because it was a medical procedure. I had to perform 19 pelvic Wait, no. massages today. Yes, pelvic massages. So a doctor named Joseph Mortimer was a legit genius and invented the first ever steam-powered electromechanical medical instrument called... <laughs> Vibrator. The manipulator. Ooh, I like that even more. Where are you going? I'm going to use the manipulator. That's what she said. This invention allowed women to massage their own pelvic area. If you wink, wink, get my drift. This dude unknowingly invented the first ever vibrator. How amazing. I love this. How amazing. This makes me happy. Really happy. So, excuse me. Joseph Mortimer, um, he must he deserves some sort of like accolade, I feel like. He 100% deserves everybody in America giving a pelvic massage and now, him later. Now, I will say that he was Probably not, didn't have the woman's best interest at heart, but he more felt bad for the male doctors whose hands were tired. Yeah. But however it happened, it happened. And I love that the first ever was steam powered. Imagine the thrust on that train. Imagine the thrust. (laughs) Wow. Just think about that for a minute, guys. Let that one sink in. Yeah. It was a delight. A steam powered thrusting machine um, hey, in your nether regions. Hey, Mark, before we get on to the case. Oh, boy. I have a quick little uh, trinket. Okay. Um, that is quite horrifying, actually. Well, hit me with it. Let's hear. All right. I'm just going to read the title to this. And this was, oh, you'll love this. Oh, Thebonenline.com reported this. Hey, what a great site. Yeah. It also says Bone TV. There we go. Wow. Anyways, so it just says, uh, there's a video, and it says, dog runs through Mexican town with human head found at ATM. (laughs) I love this title. Oh, my God. So video circulating on social media showed a stray dog running in a street north central Mexico with a human head in his jaws, authorities said. According to the Associated Press, police in the town of Monte Escobedo confirmed the incident, which occurred Wednesday, citing a law enforcement official um, who was not authorized to be quoted by name. The AP reported that the head and other body parts had been left at an ATM booth. Oh, my God. The Miami Herald reported that a person in the video can be heard saying, uh, this is in Spanish, which but it translates to this dog has a human head. The video posted showed the dog trotting down a dark street and holding the head by the neck in its jaws. Oh, my God. Police eventually were able See, my to. My cat wouldn't do that. No, you're right. Police <laughs> eventually were able to wrestle the head away from the dog. 
Um, oh my God. The Herald reported that a person had reported finding the head of the ATM along with a backpack and bloodied notes. According to El Sol de Zacadas, the ATM is located yards from an official government building, the news reported. The human remains were left with a message about a drug cartel. Is this what scares me? Oh, my God. These people are no joke. The town located in the state of Zacatecas has been the scene of a violent turf war between local gangs backed by the Sinola and Jalisco drug cartels. Better get their name right. You're going to upset them. No, stop. Don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. According to CBS News, the U.S. Department of Justice considers the Jalisco cartel to be one of the five most dangerous transnational criminal organizations in the world. Wow. So they believe it was cartel related. Can you imagine? As soon as I read the... Headline you, you sent thought me. that too. I was instant like Mexico ATM. Oh my head. god! But this like, was definitely cartel related. And, well, and if it was, they said it was near an official building. Of course, so they probably did that. Out. To oh my god, they do not f around. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, and they have great music. I mean, they do have great music, but I just and you can't get mad at the dog, right? Oh, God, no. Because the dog had no idea what it was. It's, I mean, that's like a dog who's outside and chases after a bunny or a, you that know what I mean? That crazy lady who gave Joellen crap is now going to come in and be like, I'm looking for a dog, but you need to guarantee it's never had a human head in its mouth. Oh, my God. I, th- that creep speak was hysterical. Oh, 100%. She, it was great. Joellen, you have to have more. I know you do. That Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I need a dog that you can assure me has never had any human body parts in its mouth. Whoa. Yeah. Think about what you just said. That's so gross. Oh, God. (laughs) You said a human head. And you said human body part. With an S. Yes. Ew. Ew. Dead dead human body parts. Dead human body. All right. Real quick. Real quick. Without getting gross and morbid, that is something that supposedly have happened uh-huh. in every single person's school to somebody they know. Yeah. You can fill in the that thing is, every year, everything. That story has been passed around. It has been passed. Yes. That decades. is one of those stories with, with the peanut butter. Yes. See, yeah. I didn't even have to say. Me yeah. and Charity went to school together. Yeah. Yeah. Like, same ages. Yeah. Same age, but yeah. we were, you know, states apart. States apart. Everybody. Heard it. The, everyone's heard that story. Man, gross. Where did you, why'd you go there? Uh, You went there. You said the head first. I said head. Yeah, could have been the other head. No, no. I was clearly talking about the head in the. All right, whatever. Anyways, Anyways. let's move on. He's going to make it. So, Charity's such a grossy McGrosserson. I'm a grossy McGrosserson. Hey, guys, guess what? What? I have a really interesting story. And it's kind of going on right now. And I found it. By accident. Ooh, by accident. Yeah. I don't know how this happens to me. This has happened to me with more than one case. I'm looking for like something else. I put like something else into the search engine and then all of a sudden a name comes out. That's because Google likes what you're doing. And this case has a lot of different aspects and a lot of different conversations to be had. All right. I'm excited. Okay. Are you ready? Let's roll. So this case is about a person named Harvey Marcelin. Now, 
that is that person's name before they change their name. Okay. Okay. Not familiar. So we're going to start with them as Harvey. Okay. Already. So Harvey Marcelin was born in New York City in 1938 to a single mother. I had a hard time finding much information about his childhood, except that he grew up in New York City being raised by his mother. Who knows if it's the typical story of his mother not being home much because of having to work a multitude of jobs, being the only breadwinner for the family. What I did read was that at age 14, Harvey tried to rape an eight-year-old girl. Ooh. But he was quickly put through counseling from the Catholic Charities USA. The Catholic Charities is a network of charities and serves millions of people, no matter what religious belief, social or economic backgrounds. That's I, nice. I like to think of it as something that you're involved in. I was just going to say, the that's Catholic nice charities. of me. That's <laughs> so nice of me. The charities. Oh, no. Ooh. Here come the charities. Oh, that's like our friend Liz, who named all of her blonde chickens the charities. That is true. And they're huge now, and they're thriving. I have to actually text her and see how they're doing. I was just talking with her yesterday. Were you? Yep. I love her. Okay. It was clearly recognized that something wasn't right, and a direct attempt was made to try and stop Harvey's disturbing behavior. It must have been thought that Harvey got the help he needed because I couldn't find any more information that states he had other troubles in his teenage years. So his mother or who, whatever family members around him noticed, okay, that is really bad that you tried to rape an eight-year-old girl. We're getting you the help you need immediately. Good. So they did all the right yep. things, right? Absolutely. We talk about this all the time. Right. Um, so even though I couldn't find anything, we all know that doesn't mean there weren't other inappropriate acts that may have taken place. True. That just either people didn't see or just wasn't reported. As a young adult, Harvey found a job as a copy machine operator. So let's now fast forward to 1963, early that year. Harvey was accused of raping his girlfriend, Jacqueline Bonds. As we just stated in a recent episode, just because a person is dating or married to someone, it doesn't give them the right to rape them. Very true. Yep. We just talked about we that. We just did. Yep. It sounded as if Harvey um, was a hot mess during this time of his life. He was drinking a ton and he loved his cocaine. It was also stated that he was receiving psychiatric care. All through this time, he was horribly abusive towards Jacqueline. I just want to state that none of this is an excuse to rape someone. Okay? Not so at all. He has mental issues. He's trying to get help for it. You got to give him props for that. He's into drugs and drinking, but still, you know, not okay. Um, guys, we just had to stop so I could blow my nose 14 times. And um, I was just saying to Mark, don't worry. I'm putting my Snuggie rags in my bag. And then I did state that it would be funny if I just left them on the desk and then like went home after recording. <laughs> and he had to clean them up. Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, I could have people like that out there. I could have put them on my Dundee award. I just wanted to like mention my Dundee award again because I just think it's fantastic that I have one and you don't. But anyways, I digress. Isn't she so nice, people? You all think she's <laughs> sweet and this is how she is when I'm not. I'm not sure You're people not think I'm sweet. I don't know if that's the word they'd use, but whatever. Let's continue on. So we were, just, we were just saying how he was into drugs and drinking and very abusive. So later that year, April of 1963, Harvey actually shot and killed Jacqueline in the apartment they shared together in Manhattan. Oh, geez. 
Yeah. This is so sad. It sounds like Jacqueline finally got up the nerve to call police and report the rape, but didn't have the courage to leave her abuser. That is really sad. Um, she was killed right before Harvey was due to appear before grand jury on the rape charges. So before he even appeared on the rape charges, he ended up killing her. The, re- the police report stated this. He chased her through the kitchen and living room and shot her twice before she collapsed. Harvey was convicted of first degree murder and was sentenced to 20 years in life to life in prison. At this time in 1963, a psychiatric exam was done by three doctors at Bellevue Psychiatric Hospital. The results were that Harvey had schizoid personality with psychopathic features, but was not criminally insane. Although a hospital record from 1962 said he may have delusional grandiose grandiosity, chronic schizophrenia and paranoid reaction personality. Delusional grandios, grandiosity, or as my BF likes to say, grandiose delusions or GD are a subtype of delusion that occur in patients with a wide range of psychiatric diseases, including two-thirds of patients in manic state of bipolar disorder, half of those with schizophrenia, patients with the grandiose subtype of delusional disorder, frequently in narcissistic personality disorder, and a substantial portion of those with substance abuse disorders. So he kind of has a lot of these. Now, just in case people don't realize, let everybody know who your best friend is, who tells you this stuff. Miss Wiki. Okay, just in case we have new listeners. Yeah, she's she and I are like really, I mean... We just get closer and closer and closer. We have so many conversations. Usually it's just me talking, but whatever. It's fine. <laughs> See? Miss yeah. Wiki listens and doesn't she, try to in, you know, give its input. She does, actually. She just tells you the truth. And she tells me the truth without talking over me, ever. I ever. She it. never talks over me. The delusions are generally fantastic and typically have a religious, scientific fiction or supernatural theme. Not that I'm making excuses for this dude. But what if he was having a crazy delusion that his girlfriend was a monster or something and snapped, right? Yeah. A lot it's of a possibility. stuff on that we don't know. We know mm-hmm. more about space than we do what's going on in our human brain. Yep. Harvey was released in 1984 on lifetime probation after serving the minimum of his life sentence. So I did ask, I did call upon Miss Wiki again. And she said that lifetime parole is reserved for relatively serious legal offenders. I've never heard of that. Nope, me neither. The ultimate purpose of lifetime probation is to examine whether offenders properly maintain good behavior as well as capability of patients under lifetime probation serving circumstances. An offender is required to abide by particular conditions for for rest of their entire life in order to nurture superior social behavior as punishment of their criminal offense. That's so, interesting. Yeah, so basically like we're watching you, I guess. I don't know. That's what it sounds like. We like we 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 are you're under a watch for the rest of your life. Well, I want to do some more research on that actually. Mm-hmm. That sounds interesting. Well, let's see how this lifetime probation works out for good old Harvey, shall we? <laughs> Less than a year after his release, a bag was found near Central Park, Manhattan. In this bag was a body. Come to find out, 
The woman's dead body that was found in the bag was the body of a woman that Harvey had been living with, a 29-year-old woman named Anna Laura Sierra. She was said to be a heroin addict prostitute or heroin addicted prostitute. Not that that matters, but that's how she was known. Harvey stabbed Anna to death and then dismembered her body, put it in a trash bag, and then used a shopping cart slash carriage to resport, to transport it to the, to the location it was found. Huh. So I said carriage because that's what I call it here in Massachusetts. I don't you don't call, call it a buggy? I don't call it a shopping cart. I call it a carriage. Well, some people call them buggies. And my friend Brittany, who is originally from Massachusetts, will enjoy that I said carriage. I call them shopping carts. Nope, it's a carriage. Anyways, the What reason- do you guys call them? Carriages, carts, or buggies? Or is there a, is there a fourth? I want to know. Or a fifth or a sixth. Yeah. Who let, knows? Let us know. The reason he gave for the murder was Anna allegedly stole his flute and sold it to buy drugs. That's a good reason to murder someone and dismember them. Right. Guess that lifetime probation didn't work out overly great in this case. Yeah, I think it failed. Mm-hmm. Yet another woman lost her life because of a crazed person with severe mental problems. Remember the first murder when the psychiatrist that had treated Harvey on um, in 1962 was brought in and told the courts that he believed it w- it to be plausible to deem him insane. Right? So, I don't know. Sounds pretty crazy to me. Yeah, this sounds right up the crazy train. So, in my mind, there is no doubt that this man definitely had major mental issues. Who knows if he was properly diagnosed at any time in his life? Harvey pled guilty to first-degree murder, first-degree manslaughter, and was sentenced to six to 12 years on top of his original life sentence from the first murder. This was in 1986. So I I get confused by this, okay? So his original sentence was 20 years to life, okay? He got out right at the 20-year mark. He murdered and dismembered somebody's body and deliberately tried to hide it. Yes. Placed it Things in the shopping cart. Adding up to and he here. only got six to 12 extra years on top thought, of what? A life sentence? He should have gotten another life. I thought when you came out, well, I thought when you came out on probation or parole, if you reoffended, you went back in for your original sentence, which was life in prison. Well, they're saying he he's they're saying he got six to twelve years on top of the life in prison, but he didn't do the life in prison. He only did the That's twenty what I'm years. He it should doesn't be make back, sense. He should be back for life. Right. I'm so confused. He should. I think another life should have been added to that life because you took a life. Anyways, um, I guess it doesn't matter what we think, huh? No, but I agree happened. with you. It's very confusing and gray area ish. I should say. Yeah. I don't know. I'll never understand the legal system. I know Neither there's so much that goes into it, and each case is totally different, and I don't know. Anyways, but thank goodness he's off the street for good, right, Mark? Right. 100%. Getting right. the medical helping, mental health he needs, right? I feel like you are going to throw something at me that's going to catch All me right, off guard. There's, there's a weird, or not, there's an interesting twist that's happening very soon. Okay. So at some point during- That was a weird okay. Yeah. I went, okay. Okay. <laughs> when I was meant to go, okay. Yeah. That was odd. Mark's, Sorry, guys. Mark's real voice came out. Just kidding. Instead of his on-air voice. Charity, guys, you're yeah, not allowed yeah. to tell everybody that this sounds is my like, real voice. Like what Mickey is wrong with you? Charity, what's going on? <laughs> he sounds like Mickey Mouse in real life. 
Oh, now they all know they're going to stop listening to our podcast. <laughs> stop. All right, let's roll. Oh, my God. So anyways, at some point during his years in jail, Harvey realized he identified not as a man, but as a female lesbian. Okay. Okay. She changed her name to Marceline Harvey. All she pretty much did was flip it around, which I think is actually a really good idea. That's actually smart. Marceline sounds like, if you say it that way, it sounds like a woman's name. So over the course of three decades, Marceline faced the parole board 14 times and was denied parole on all occasions. All the years of pleading her case for the parole board finally paid off. And in August of 2019, after her 15th parole hearing, she finally convinced the board to let her out and give her another chance. Okay. I do not understand the luck of this person. I don't either. Twice now? You murdered your girlfriend, did your 20 years, literally straight out of parole, you murder and dismember somebody, and you still get to go out on parole? Oh, my God. It doesn't make sense to me. It's This is the... I, I just... I, I don't understand. Unless... Unless... I don't know how they could be 100% sure that she I don't was know if there, if there isn't a less here. This just sounds BS crazy. I know. So anyways, because she was identifying as a transgendered woman, she was put in a woman's homeless shelter by the New York City Department of Social Services policy. She was 80 years old at the time of her release. It appears Marceline behaved herself for the first few years of her release back into society. That is until March 3rd, 2022. So here we are, 2022. Someone called 911. This is recent. Yep. That Thursday around 1.46 a.m., informing police they thought they may have discovered body parts at the corner of Pennsylvania Avenue and Atlantic Avenue. Oh, no. The police arrived to the scene where the caller said they think they may have seen what they thought were body parts. Um, see, guys, you were all correct in your assumption, just like us, that the first thing that comes to my mind when I see a suspicious bag is body parts. Remember that old movie, A Heads in a Duffel Bag? <laughs> yeah. I can't. Also, there's another little side comment, I guess. How many 911 calls a week do you think come into New York City police departments thinking someone may have possibly identified body parts? Probably I know a that's lot. horrible, but it's probably a lot. I mean, at least they're still calling. They're right? not just walking by the bag. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, oh, that definitely looks like a tried. bag of body parts. No, that's a bag left in New York City, which means it's getting opened up immediately to see if there's anything that you can take from it. Oh, that's true. So you think that's probably what happened? It might have been like a like a like somebody who lo- actually The actual inside. 911. Ready? Say 911. What's your emergency? 911. What's your emergency? Hey, yo. Yeah. Like there was this bag down here on 5th and Broadway. I opened it up because I was hoping there was some pretty good electronics, you know, I could take home. <laughs> but there was this head oh, in a duffel bag. God. There was not a Walkman. There was not a Game Boy. It was a head, a human head, a full one. I tell you, there was might even been fingers in there, too. Oh, my God. All I wanted was a Walkman. Stop it. 
Oh my God. No, just that made me think. So my friend Jerry always brings up, do you remember in Living Color, the head detective? I actually don't remember Oh that my one. God. It was one of the Wayans brothers and it was just a head in a bowling bag. And they would use it. He was the head detective, but he was just a head. He was just a head. And he had, I think he had hands and feet, but he was like just a head. The hands and feet. Shoulders, knees and and toes. They would like like to like stop crimes. They would like roll them down. I just I have to I'm gonna have to YouTube this. Okay, sorry. I feel like I owe myself this much. Yes. At the at the scene, police found a shopping cart slash carriage, a carriage with a large bag in it. Inside the bag was a female's torso. Oh my god. Marceline was quickly identified as the alleged killer. Wasn't she in her 80s at this point? Yep, you said? yep. And arrested Friday, March 4th, after she was seen on surveillance camera leaving the body, according to New York Post. With this surveillance footage, police were able to get a warrant to search Marceline's Cypress Hills apartment. Oh, boy. Yeah. During the search, police found electric saws, she had bought at Home Depot in a human head. Oh my God. In a human head. Yeah. I love it. The torso that was left at the corner of Pennsylvania and Atlantic Avenue avenues wasn't even a block away from Marceline's apartment. The body and head were identified as 68-year-old Susan Layden. Susan's leg was found to the north of the apartment, but another but other body parts were still missing. I, I'm not laughing at this case. But I'm laughing at the fact that I could see this 90 year old lady going f around and find out. Right? <laughs> they're having. They're probably having this disagreement over cribbage, and she's like, f around and find out. I don't know. They have slowly been found all the body parts since then. Thank I, God. I just like. No, that, I, I know, know that was inappropriate, but that's what hit my head. I know. I know. Susan's cause of death included blunt force trauma to the head. The New York Post states that Susan was seen on surveillance video entering Marceline's apartment on February 27th. Wheeling in, holding a bag with a flower decal on it. So she was in a wheelchair, guys. Ugh. Right? Ugh. That was the last time she was seen alive. A friend of hers reported her missing on March 2nd. Don't people realize that there are cameras everywhere nowadays? Nowadays, you can't, like, you can't well, even walk think down about the street it. without being seen by Mar 10 of them. Marceline had been in jail for 30 years. Yeah. So she came out and wasn't expecting there'd be a camera on every corner. Because back in her day, when she was murdering the peeps, right? You come up to my house, I catch you, I catch you or your car before yep. you even enter my property yard, my yep. line. And then there's, on the front of my house, there's like six cameras. There's two on the sides and then four out back. Yep. I, I don't F around. No, not at all. And, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, it was, I do find it funny, a side side jag, when they'll tell me something like Amazon's like, Amazon attempted delivery. I'm like, all right, MF, MF, show me where. Because she didn't come to my house. Oh, my God. They must hate you. Yeah, we delivered your package yesterday. Somebody must have stole it. I'm like, well, I have footage. You show me where you, A, you delivered it, and B, where it's gone. It's not here. Right. I love that. And what do they say to you? Our computer says it is. That's what they'll say. I swear to God. <sighs> hey, Mark. Oh, look at that. Opening on air. ASMR. I'm looking fancy. Look at what this is, Mark. Perrier. Yes. Look at you. I'm looking. I like the Perrier in the, in the um, glass bottles. 
because I feel really fancy when I drink from those. Because like I'm the, not fancy at all, guys. Seriously. You don't like the tin can additive? No, I, I don't mind the tin can additive. Gives it a nice little twinge. All I right. Like so it. I've completely like sidetracked you. Yeah, so we'll I get apologize. back into it. Let's get totally back fine. into the case. It was three days after Susan was last seen when cameras caught Marceline pushing the carriage with the trash bag and leaving it. So this is her MO. <laughs> right? I mean, I it, it. it didn't work for her before. Why is she doing the same thing again? I mean, you but know. can you imagine watching that surveillance? Of this is seeing- like telling a woman who's been beat up 10 times by their boyfriend. This time, this time he means it that he's not going to hurt you. Right. It is not known why Susan went into Marceline's apartment. She lived in the LGP, LGBTQ senior center in Fort Greene. A neighbor had this to say to the New York Post. It took us all by surprise. We ask ourselves, what was Susan doing down there? Residents of the Stonewall house where Susan lived found out about her death by a letter from the property management. The letter said this. We understand that this is an extremely difficult time for the Stonewall house community. We support you and stand with you. The Sage Center will be providing grief counseling services as well as additional resources to give everyone a chance to process this loss. Sounds like this is a very close-knit community of people that really care about each other. Oh, 100%. Can you imagine finding out that one of your close neighbors was not only murdered but dismembered as well? Like, that's just... That's horrific. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Marceline lived in a newer apartment and was said not to have many friends at all. Know what my thought was? Maybe Susan was trying to be welcoming to someone who seemed like they needed a friend. I kind of was wondering that too. Right? That makes me so sad. Sark Cassine, who works at Mr. Shisha Smoke Shop, had this to say to the New York Post about Marceline. So first of all, that's an amazing name for a smoke shop. Just wanted to say that. Say it five times fast. Mr. Shisha Smoke Shop. Mr. Shisha Smoke Shop. I already yeah. messed it up. Anyways, <laughs> so here's what he had to say. He's coming here every two days. I think there's a um, language. Um, I don't I don't think English is language his first. Language barrier? Is his first um, language. So I'm reading it exactly how it was reported. Okay. He's coming here every two days. He takes cigarettes, cola, Newport 100s. He's always good talking a bit, a little bit. Sir, how are you? He is a man, but he has a wig and nails. I didn't know why. So you're going to see pictures and actually in the, the arrest pictures, they actually, um, the head is shaved and Marceline looks like a man. So I don't know if they like wouldn't let her have her wig and stuff when she was arrested. I don't know what that's about, but if you look it up, you'll, you'll see. Probably not, because that could be used as a weapon. It could be, yeah. It was later discovered that Marceline and Susan did know each other, but it's unclear how well. Um, Were they friends? Were they just acquaintances? No one really knows. It is known that the two started talking on Facebook not long after she got out of jail in 2019, and it looks as if Marceline could have become obsessed with her. She even used Susan's picture on more than one Facebook account and posted her picture on his Facebook page. So Susan, Susan was a pretty, a pretty woman. Um, and I, I think maybe he became obsessed with her because he so wanted to look 
as feminine as her maybe. Yep. Um, because if you transition, you know, I don't know. I don't even know if there were hormones being taken. I don't know what that is like in the jail system. I don't know if that's allowed. If it's not, I'm not sure. So it does sound like an obsession took place. October of 2021, Marceline responded to Susan with this comment. It, they just said, love personified. Here is an interesting little side note. Remember the woman's shelter that Marceline was sent to upon her release from jail in 2019? Yep. Well, Susan was said to be staying at that very same woman's shelter at that very time, suggesting this is where the two must have met. What an asshat. Sounds like Susan was this person's only friend. One of the only people to show kindness, and this is how it was returned. Right, yeah. Oh, sorry, allegedly, allegedly returned, sorry. That's right, Uh, allegedly. The staff at the shelter had major objections to having Marceline stay there. She said she identified as a woman, but clearly looked like a man. I'm wondering if staff thought the other woman would feel uncomfortable, and there is something to be said for that. Anne Brennan is a nurse that oversees the intake of residents. She told the New York Times that she had objected to Madeline being allowed, Marceline, sorry, being allowed entry to the woman's section of the shelter where Susan resided mostly because of the long record of violence against women. That makes sense. Okay. 100% does. So this person, no matter what they identify as, has a brutal history of murdering women. That is the number one concern. I, I agree. Annie's concerns were ignored by supervisors, though. I just, I don't understand. I can see why the staff thought there was eminent danger for the other women in the shelter. Clearly, they were right. Annie went on to say, apparently his feelings and identity were far more important than all the other women that were terrified of him. Wow, that's profound. So it was clear. It was made clear to her that the other women, they must have come to her and said, we're very, very concerned about this person. I don't care who you are. If, you, That's if what you're I mean. going to bring in somebody what, no who matter has a what you identify, kind of violence. No matter what you identify as, exactly. Brooklyn District Attorney Eric Gonzalez had this to say on March 10th. Today, the grand jury indicted Harvey Marcelin for murder. And my office is committed to vigorously seeking justice. The facts of this horrific case are gruesome and unsettling, and my heart is with the victim's family and friends. More evidence has since been released. There is apparently a video of Marceline in a wheelchair in a 99-cent store. The video is not dated, but it can clearly be seen that she is sitting on top of what is said to be one of the victim's legs. Oh! So not only is she in the wheelchair, the, the Susan's wheelchair, she's, got, she's sitting on one of her legs. This past April, Marceline was said to be in a male unit on Rikers Island. Oh, so now they're not playing. We're putting you on Rikers. Like, okay, this person was released twice on two separate murders. And now all of a sudden, you know, now you've decided they're dangerous. But records from the New York City Department of Correction show differently. Marceline is said to actually be at the Rose M. Singer Center. This is Rikers Island's only female facility. This unit recently made news because a male to female trans inmate that transferred into the facility raped a female inmate. 33 year old Ramel Blount waited for a female inmate to finish showering on February 8th, 2021. Ramel grabbed the female inmate by the neck and raped her. Ramel accepted a plea deal for a lesser charge and had seven years added. 
to his sentence. After the additional seven years were added on, Rommel was moved to Elmira Correctional Facility, a maximum security prison for males in Elmira, New York. In 2018, New York changed their policy for transgender inmates. Inmates are allowed to be housed in jail based on their self-declared gender. Boy, doesn't this open a whole world of discussions. It sure does. I want to know what this process is for these individuals. Are they truly transgendered or is it just based on their word? What if someone like Ramel wanted to be in a woman's prison because he was a predator and not truly transgendered? Or what if someone like Marceline that has a long history of violence and murder and dismemberment against women being allowed to stay in a woman's shelter? I'm all about someone living their authentic life, but should there be some stipulations when it is proven that you are a violent sexual predator and murderer? Right? I don't know. I it, It's definitely a topic for discussion. Maybe Susan would still be alive today and not have lost her life in such a vicious manner. Keep in mind, this case is an alleged murder case. Marceline pleaded not guilty at her arraignment. Well, her attorney and Andrew Friedman entered the plea for his client during the Brooklyn Supreme Court hearing and had this to say, my client maintains her innocence. Is what Andrew told Justice Danny Chun when reported by New York Post. Marceline faces charges of first and second degree murder, tampering with physical evidence. Remember the sitting on poor Susan's severed leg? and concealment of a human corpse. We will have to keep up with this case as it proceeds to find out what happens. So many different questions and angles to this one. So I know it's alleged, but they have a pretty solid case. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't know. Sitting on the victim's leg. I don't know if she's going to go for insanity and they're finally going to believe that she's insane. I don't know. Um, but to, I mean, you're 80 years old and you still have the strength to murder and dismember somebody. And the want to. And the want to. And then to push them down the street in a carriage is... Sickening. It's sickening. It is sickening. Let us know what you think, creeps. I'm curious. Where do you come down on this? Exactly. Let us know. That's the best way to do this. This is a very interesting, interesting case, I have to say. All right. Well, that does it for us here today, guys. Let us know what you think. We're going to keep up on this case as well. And I'm going to let Charity end this episode because everybody loves it. I'm Mark. Thank you for joining us today. Charity, wrap it up. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.